0: Welcome to the First Comics News Podcast. The day we have all waited for is finally here the DC reboot of a reboot of a reboot that was rebooted is now upon us infinite frontier has made its appearance on comic book shelves uh, if you remember correctly the last couple um, two months I believe there was going to be a initial reboot of the rebooted rebooted reboot that would have been a Jump into the future of DC Comics with uh, new heroes, uh, new alter aliases, an older Bruce Wayne, someone take over the mantle, etc. The editor-in-chief who spearheaded this initiative was fired from DC Comics. It was canceled. Uh, They were supposed to have a free comic book day, uh, zero-issue kind of preview. That was all pulped. If you have a copy of that, hold on to it. It is super valuable. And instead, they did this thing where they kind of blew through the issues the last couple... uh, two months, and now we're back to a new reboot, Infinite Frontier, which it's March, um, and we have the first couple issues out this week, Um, but I believe it's not until June where actual Infinite Frontier issue one comes out, uh, which is kind of weird, but you can tell it's kind of last minute planning. Uh, This week we had the issue zero of Infinite Frontier, plus we had the newly launched Suicide Squad, Swamp Thing, Criminal Syndicates. And Batman. Um, so, briefly, going to take a look at it. Infinite Frontier, strictly a, a zero issue. They have all the new creators on the teams. They do one or two pages a piece, kind of introduce you to the concept of the series. Uh, I mean, it's, it doesn't read like a comic book, you know, with a plot. It's just kind of like looking at all the different series, kind of preview what's coming out. Again, it's an issue zero, so I didn't expect a lot. Uh, It's just weird that this came out now with the main series coming out months later. Uh, Crime Syndicate, this is from, I think, Earth-3. So what happened was there was a Dark Metal, Death Knights, Death Metal, Dark Knights, something like that. Miniseries that I did not really care for. Um, But I did get through it and read it, uh, so I was caught up on what was going on here. So, if you're old like I am, you remember Crisis on Infinite Earths back in the day. And that took a bunch of universes down to one universe. Uh, very well done. Uh, great, great 12-issue series. Uh, holds up perfectly today, to this very day. Um, that was the initial reboot of the DC Comics. And then, of course, John Byrne jumped from Marvel to DC, launched Superman. Batman had uh, year one, and my God, the best uh, era for DC Comics, I feel. Uh, they were just knocking it out on all fronts. Uh, after a while, that, they got away from it, they started introducing characters and breaking off into u- universes again, so they did the new 52, which was going to be a reboot. Now, if you remember First Comics News back then, uh, when it came out, I was determined to read every new 52, uh, series for 52 weeks, and I think I got about eight or nine weeks in before I almost went insane. Uh, some of the series were mind-boggling, uh, destined to fail, uh, I mean, they did like a Frankenstein and his Howling Commandos type series. They did a Hawk and Dove series. Just not great at all. Um, Then they got away from that and did the Rebirth uh, series to bring back the classic heroes and the classic costumes. Then we were going to do the reboot that was canceled when they fired that owner-in-chief, whose bright idea it was. And now we have Infinite Frontiers, which takes the 52 universes that were walled off from the rest of the galaxy or the universe or the omniverse... And it expands it, so now there's more than 52 universes for whatever benefit that is. Uh, at the end of the last miniseries, uh, Princess Diana uh, sacrificed herself and became a god. And, uh, I don't know. It, it. I feel like I've been down this road so many times, it's just variations of the same. So I wasn't that enthused with it. Um, but, you know, I guess they got to do it every once in a while to, to keep the line fresh. It's just, DC Comics are... are much much darker than marvel comics same with the you know the movies uh follow that same path but these are even more particularly dark uh the crime syndicate is earth three uh and it's really like uh the boys version of superheroes you know uh superman they don't even call him superman i think they call him Ultraman or something uh he's like the super superman guy who burns people alive and uses his heat vision and I don't, I don't care for the boys. I got about six, seven episodes into the show. I was thought it was dreadful. Um, same with Crime Syndicate. It's not for me. It's just not my thing. Uh, Suicide Squad, I loved the... T- t- oh God, how how old was this? 1986, the reboot. Uh, I liked the last series. I, I thought it was very well done. I enjoyed that Suicide Squad immensely. This one, again, it, it cranks it up to number 10. Uh, hey... After the last miniseries where the Joker, the Death Joker, was the main character taking over the galaxy, uh, it takes all of a few pages for the Joker to, again, make an appearance. I mean, Arkham Asylum is just a, a goddamn joke. Uh, that seems to be a necessity for anyone writing at DC Comics. Anything setting Gotham is Arkham's going to fall or be under attack and people are going to escape almost immediately. Uh, like Just put it in every issue, someone else escapes. It, it's insane. Um... It doesn't have the. the, I mean, Suicide Squad, the concept is dark enough, uh, but the most successful ones that I've enjoyed have put a little bit of levity, dark humor, if you will, into it. Uh, This one, not a lot of dark humor, so I don't know how long I'm going to stick with it. Uh, Batman's Batman, who's been Batman forever. You know, I don't know what. I I don't think I'm going to tell anybody and break some news and have someone go, you know what, I've never checked out Batman. I'm going to check him out. You know the story with Batman. If you like him, you're going to check him out. Uh, Swamp Thing, I thought, was very well done. Uh, I love the art. Uh, again, Swamp Thing to me, going back to the Vertigo days. And e- even the original DC with Alan Moore, uh, it fits them, you know, I, It's supposed to be a dark, tragic tale of someone who lost his humanity but managed to keep a sliver alive in a monstrous body. Uh, so I thought that was the best one out of the batch, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to stick with it, try to read some more, uh, issues. I just, it's, I don't know how to say it. I guess it's just serviceable. You know, it's, it's there. Uh, you can read it, but I don't think you're going to, uh, you're going to, it's going to knock anyone off their seats by, uh, any stretch of the imagination. And you also get introduced to, uh, the most, they have a villain and hero team that has a secret space station in space that they team up to prevent galaxy-destroying threats. Uh, and it is the most ridiculous space station you will ever see in your life. It's designed... I don't even know what it's designed like. Uh, it's If a space station is designed on a fundamental level, the biggest threat to it would be space. So the less amount of space that touches that it can be breached with walls, the better. Uh, and this one, they went out of the way to make more vulnerabilities. Uh, I, I saw it, and I actually laughed out loud when I when I looked at it. It's the most unscientific un, space station comics has ever come up with, and that includes a giant floating skull with tentacles. Uh, let's go over to Marvel. Uh, they have a new series called America Chavez, uh, made in the USA. Um, man, you can't get a more patriotic cover here, uh, you know, you put America, the words USA, and a f- Stars and Stripes on a cover. Uh, it's actually, I think, a very eye-catching cover. I actually thought it was an image comic, to be honest with you, uh, the way they, they laid it out and the way they did the box in the upper left-hand corner. Uh, I know this is a big topic uh, in society right now. So, yes, America Chavez, a uh, Hispanic Latino character, uh, written by a Vasquez... Artist by Gomez, colorist by Jesus Abrotov. So it seems like they they got an all star Latino cast on this. Um, I I don't know much about the character. I know he's been she's been a a member of not the New Mutants, uh, Young Avengers maybe. Um, you know the younger characters there. You know there's a female Hawkeye, the girl Bishop, I believe her name is. Um, but I'm not that familiar with it. Uh, with her, but I really did kind of enjoy uh, this first issue. It was a great introduction to the character for her own series. Uh, I liked the characterization. I liked her banter with her fellow young uh, superheroes. The absurdity of a mole, giant mole attack was, was well done. Uh, Cliffhanger was great, About the only thing I had with this issue is the fact that the, her, I don't want to say adoptive, but the, but the family she grew up with pretty much found her on a beach, floating in the water, and just decided to keep her. Uh, they do. They do address it to be fair to them, but also, uh, I, don't know, I was just like, you, "That's it. You're just gonna keep her, huh?" Um, I guess seems odd, but uh, no. I mean, I, it was it was a cool comic. It was fun, you know. It reminds I mean, Spider Man guest stars, and she kind of reminds me of that. Uh, Sp- Actually, Spider-Man references uh, when he lost his powers. It was all psychological, if you remember, back in the day. And um, they referenced that as she's struggling with her powers fading. And that would always be my fear. If I ever got superpowers and I got the power of flight, um, I would be afraid that it would just... You know, I mean, I the, the powers came unexpectedly. Uh, and I feel like they could go just as unexpectedly while i'm flying around um so that would absolutely make me nervous um we have a big comic now from boom um this is uh keanu reeves big project where it has his image i think he helped write it it's called berserker uh not spelt at all (laughs) like berserker Uh, every time i read out the name i gotta spell it it's b-r-z-r-k-r and uh Oh, it's all right. I mean, the last page kind of piqued my interest more than the entire series. I mean, it's bloody, it's dark. It's another character who can't be killed, much like uh, you know Deadpool or you know any of these kind of characters. So you, I don't know. If if there's no element of danger or threat, I mean, he gets he sets off a grenade in his hand. He gets his nose blown off. He eat. Drives into a plane. I mean, he's just in it just kind of I don't know. Doesn't have any element of danger to it. I know they're not going to kill the main character, but it it has to feel believable to me. Uh, so I don't know. It didn't really do anything for the build up. I mean, it's super violence. Uh, it'll probably do very well. It'll probably be adapted into a movie with Keanu Reeves shooting a lot of people uh, and so on and so forth. Um, but I, I don't know. It it, it didn't catch me. Uh, so, I have a few more comics I'm trying to read. I'm probably gonna do another bonus episode this week. I'm reading through <clears throat> the uh, the comic book history of animation, and they just got to the issue. I haven't got a chance to get to it yet. They got to the issue about Saturday morning cartoons back in the 80s. So, I want to kind of I'll probably do an overview of that, plus the original uh, series, uh, "Comic Book History of Comic Books," uh, which I wasn't aware of before I saw the animation series. So, I got to get caught up, and I'll do a, a little recap and look at that. Uh, I want to tell you right now. Uh, I have SiriusXM in the car, and I have discovered that Marvel does a series of uh, podcasts exclusively on SiriusXM produced with them. And they do one called Marvel uh, Declassified. And the hosts Lorraine Kink and Evan Narcy are absolutely phenomenal. This may be one of the best comic book podcasts I've ever heard. It is so well produced. Uh, if you ever heard any of those true crime podcasts that that you know got famous with the uh with the kid who was arrested for killing his girlfriend uh that sparked this whole true crime podcast phenomenon it just it's perfect they do the little cliffhangers they, they do the little ads they fantastic. I listened to an episode uh that talked about the mexican spider man series that they took the stories being published in America and they redrew them and gave it a more uh um, you know a feel for the mexican readers and when gwen stacy died they didn't kill her off in the mexican version uh they continued gwen, gwen stacy never died and it was a phenomenal episode and the newest one that came out uh it was it had a uh, how did they describe it? it was like the history of marvel fandom or something like that so um again that's by marvel so they have access to all the creators and stuff and they go and they interview um, great, uh, huge people in, in the comic and uh, fantasy uh, world. Uh, they went through, they found old letters that comic creators had written back in the day when they were kids. Uh, they, like, for example, they had Joe Duffy, who was one of the best Star Wars writers in my estimation, uh, back in the 80s. They, ha- they found her one of her letters she wrote in praising Chris Claremont uh and i think it was iron fist um and they had to read it in modern day they had to read this letter she had written as a kid uh just phenomenal they get uh god what's his name george martin who did game of thrones he attended the first known comic book convention there's like 50 people there in manhattan uh and he talks about his experience about how you know you know, what, what it was like talking to the people. He, he, he uh, Steve Ditko, at the time, went to the convention and talked to him and signed something for him. If you know the history of Steve Ditko, I, it just blew my mind. Poof, right off the side of the head. Uh, brains on the wall. Uh, it was just crazy. He talks about the second comic book convention the following year, which got a little better. Uh, people stayed at the hotel. Um, and they had a, a, a Jim Skowanski, who set up the first artist table and kind of... Kind of created artist row. And uh, they had an auction there and they auctioned off Action Comics issue one and it went for $100. Uh, I, that, that's the comic that sold for multi millions of dollars. And the news covered it as kind of like this comic's ten, worth 10 cents and someone paid $100. What's the world coming to? Um, just a fascinating, fascinating, fascinating podcast. If you have Sirius XM, highly recommend. 10 stars out of 10 stars. The hosts are wonderful. The history is delightful. They get into such crazy stuff. Absolutely, absolutely check out Marvel's Declassified. Uh, It is well worth your time. Hell, I'd probably subscribe to it just to get access to it. It is that great. Same with Disney+. Plus. I think everyone who listens to this has Disney+, Plus for WandaVision and all the upcoming shows. They do a series, I think it's called 616, and they go into... uh, Different things, uh, lo- lower-known characters trying to be brought back, a day in the life of a, a Marvel comic writer. And they did one on the Japanese Spider-Man and how he came to be and in, in drive a car and be a ro- giant robot and fight all these crazy people. Uh, and just absolutely well done and riveting. Uh, just check this stuff out. You know, Go dive deep into these things, into the podcasts, into the documentaries and stuff. There is a phenomenal, phenomenal amount of information, and they're just so well done. I cannot recommend that high enough. But for the week, I'm going with American Chavez is my pick of the week. Um, yeah, it, it just it it was fun to read, man. You know, I God as much as I enjoy reading 22 pages of someone brutalizing a bunch of soldiers uh, without t- being shot himself and not feeling anything. Are uh, yet another reboot that I'm struggling to figure out what the point is. I mean, I'll go with American Chavez. I mean, it was it was cute. I, you know, it has a bunch of little threads to pick up and continue on. Uh, I think the story was was fun, uh, nice. You know how it fits into the Marvel universe, the banter, the writing, the art, everything's good. I mean, that's what I want out of a comic book, you know. Um, so that's it for this week. I mean, it wasn't a huge week for comics. Uh, Marvel's in the middle of a big crossover that I'm not really following, unfortunately. Um, the Dark King, the Jungle King, the Jungle Queen, I don't know what the thing is called, but kind of way behind on it. So a lot of this issue, this week's issues, um, were pretty much, uh, based around that crossover. So I gotta get caught up on it. I know, um, I know I'm wicked behind on my Marvel comics, but, um, the Dark... Uh, King in Black is what it's called. But maybe I'll try to flip through a couple of them. Uh, and Then when I do the podcast about the uh, his, comic book history of animation, uh, maybe I'll throw a couple more reviews from this weekend. But, uh, yeah, I have trouble following crossovers where I only read certain comics and stuff, and I haven't read the main King and Black. Although there is, I see a handbook came out today, so maybe I'll, I'll pick that up and check it out. So that's it. I'll be back uh, again with The Big Five Zero. Ooh, I should also be remiss to note that... Uh, Rick Offenberger, founder of First Comics News, has launched another Kickstarter for two, th- three more issues of his G-Men comic book line. Uh, I was a backer of the initial one, uh, and I was day one backer this time, and I actually get to create a character and have him appear in the comic, uh, and I'm working on that now. But if you go on to Kickstarter and search for G-Men, uh, you'll be able to find it. Uh, support it, please. Uh, Rick, this is a dream that Rick, Rick has always had. Um... And it feels good to help contribute uh, in some small part, financially and creatively, to this endeavor. And uh, I hope you guys check it out and you enjoy it. The comics really are were very well done. I was super impressed with them when I got the initial package of comics in. Um, and please uh, visit that, support that, support any independent publishers on Kickstarter making comic books. It's not easy. Uh, It's a cutthroat business, and anyone who actually can do it and get through it and and put something out has my utmost respect. Uh, So please check that out, and uh, I'm going to try to get Rick on for an interview. uh, And we will talk about uh, his history in comics and his new G-Men publishing line. But until then, uh, thank you very much for listening, and I will be back real soon. Thank you for listening to the First Comics News Podcast. Visit firstcomicsnews.com for all your comic news. Email us at firstcomicsnewspodcast at gmail.com.